Welcome to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. We are back after a 4th of July break. Nathan Sacken here alongside my good friend and co-host of this fine podcast, Travis Krins. Mr. Krins, how are we doing tonight? I'm hot. That's it? Hello? Yep. That's okay, it. What, what is your least favorite season? Um, probably spring. Why is that? Because there's, it's hot one day, it cold the next. It, it really doesn't, the, the temperatures fluctuate so much. You know, is it going to rain? Is it going to snow? Spring is just kind of there. It's dumb. What is your favorite? Fall? Fall. Fall without question. The leaves, the temperature, the football. Never really have to say winter. I hate summer. Summer sucks. Summer sucks. Summer? I don't know why people like summer. Summer summer's the goddamn worst. It's the worst. Is it because of where we live? It's so goddamn hot. It's hot everywhere. You know, we live anywhere. It's so goddamn hot. Well, what if you lived in Vermont or Alaska? So it'd be goddamn hot as shit. Wouldn't be as bad. Goddamn, it's still hot. It's hot everywhere now. Can you imagine? I mean, it's like living in the South with the temperatures. Yes, it is. It is. The dew point is in the goddamn 70s. The dew point is in the 70s. It's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's hot. It's humid. So it's hot out, so anytime you walk outside, even if it's for a minute, even if you take out the garbage, mm-hmm. you're, sweating, you're sweating like a son of a bitch, because 95 degrees, it feels like 105. Bugs, yep. bugs and mosquitoes at night are goddamn awful. Yep. You get beat shit, you get bitten up like a son of a bitch, you get sunburned, mm-hmm. you get camped. It's, it's, it's hot as shit. Uh, goddamn sunrises at six in the goddamn morning. It's like, what? Give me, give me, give me, give me the positives of summer. Hot as hell. Bugs are out. Well, you can golf. You can go to the lake. You can. Uh, I don't swim. I like the golfing's fine. Uh, well, pe- I mean, I, I, seem- again, my perfect day. My perfect day is seventy-five and cloudy. Yes. Uh, yes. Nice for me. I am in complete agreement with you there. I always make the argument that I would like it. I I like to the cold far more than I do the heat because you can always warm up. You can always That's put right. more layers on, but when it gets hot, you can only do so much to cool yourself off. And yeah. the heat and humidity—it's not even so much the heat; it's the humidity that bugs the hell out of me. Yeah, it's bad in the winter. You know, it's bad. You got the snow; it's a mess to drive in. Uh, you gotta wear jackets, that's fine for me. But in the summer, like, like right now, you don't want to be outside. Mm-mm. Like, extreme cold is bad, extreme heat is bad. Uh, I would say it's more likely to get sick in the extreme heat. At least with the cold, you're hopefully at least inside. Uh, but the heat, I mean, the heat is a killer. Just right. a killer. Yeah, agree with you there. Um, no doubt, no doubt about it. But Fourth uh, of July was good though overall. I know you, you probably you had to get up early to for work the next day. Sure. Well, the hot dog eating contest was interesting since they completely missed ten hot dogs, which I, uh, Trump must have been running the deal there. That's how bad that was. I mean, I don't know how you miss you just miss ten hot dogs. I mean, Jesus Christ! That's mm. fucking twelve percent of all the hot dogs he ate. You missed out of them. Terrible. Uh, for those that don't know, 
Uh, Joey Chestnut won the Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Eating Contest, uh, set a record with 74 dogs, and the most American stat ever is that Joey Chestnut ate 74 hot dogs and consumed, I believe, 1,776 grams of fat on, on July 4th. That's a lot of fat. That's... I'm watching the deal. That's great for him. I'm watching the deal. Uh, he's putting down the hot dog. Got a pretty good pace. And then I see at the end he ended up with 64. And last year it was 72. Right? Well, he was you know, eight off last year. That's a pretty big difference. He was still 30 more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And it comes out a half hour later. Oh, yeah, he was actually at 74. He missed 10 hot dogs. He set a new world record. Like, What? That was just that was yeah. the whole day. Yep. No, I it, it I don't know how they yeah, I don't know how they miscounted that badly. Um yeah. I wonder who is gonna be next in line. Uh, you know, with Kobe Kobayashi, it was Kobayashi and then who who's gonna be that guy who's gonna challenge him? And then it was Joey Chestnut. And Joey Chestnut has taken the mantle. Did you know? I guess he is going back out on these ta- he takes a week off. And then the next competition is a pizza challenge, and he doesn't even hold the world record in it. Some guy has has eaten eighty six slices in ten yeah. minutes. It seems impossible. It seems impossible. It seems like if any of us did any of these things that these guys do, we would literally die. Mm-hmm. How would you not die? How would you give me an entire day? eat all that food. How would you not die, let alone do it in 10 minutes? Right. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, how does your heart not explode? How does your... How? That's, that's unbelievable. I'm pretty sure it's 10 minutes. I think that's what I heard, had heard. Yeah. I mean, that, that's for Jimmy Hill's a bunch of old records. The pizza one, that's... Boy, it's... Um, I don't know. Here's, don't here's know my question. Is it is it cheese? And is it thin crust? Is it regular crust? You know, how big are the slices? How big is the pizza? Like, what what are we talking about here? I don't know. If it's also maybe 10 inches, which is fairly large. I don't know how big these pizzas are. Maybe a 10-inch pizza would make sense, I guess. 10-inch pizza. So... Because that is the slices are how many of that, you know? So I'm thinking like a standard a pizza, like a Papa John's or, a, or George's Pizza in Brookings. Or is it like Pizza King in Brooklyn? Do you ever have Pizza King? Uh, no. Okay. Well, they're in like little squares. Smaller, yeah. Yeah, I, I prefer the slices. Um, and I would assume these are slices as well. I did normal standard. I mean, the hot dogs. Normal standard hot dogs. We're going with normal standard. Uh, let's see. The big story that broke since we last talked... Uh, LeBron is LeBron. He is in LA now. He made his decision very quickly. Sunday evening, uh, not this last Sunday, but the Sunday before, and he went to the Lakers. To no one's surprise, real surprise. I was hoping he would remain in Cleveland, but he is not. Um, he knows it's part of the process uh, because the Lakers, while they should be in the playoffs this year, are far from competing for a championship. There's always the hope that they can land Kawhi Leonard. But LeBron to the Lakers, what was your initial reaction? That he's given up on winning titles and he'll never go to another finals. What was my reaction? Okay. 
If they if he like, got, if they got Kawhi Leonard or Damian Lillard, would that change your mind? No. Okay. Uh, you know, we compare him to Jordan, and it's just like if there was a final nail in that coffin, it, it's just it's, he's called it quits. He's eight straight finals, off the impressive three finals, pretty good. Um, he's left legs up. He's done. He's not going to the finals again the way the team is constructed at the moment. And he has a few years left of pretty good basketball. So I don't know why he would waste that with the Lakers. This seems like a non-basketball decision. And yeah, If he stayed in the East, he could have gone to any team in the East and he could have probably made the finals. Well, Boston, and they're pretty tough, but others in Boston, I mean. This was, this was the white flag of I'm done competing for finals, which is which is pretty sad. Well, I mean, and look at the guys that they brought in along with him. I mean, Lance Stevenson and uh, JaVel McGee. I mean, these guys aren't... Rondo. Yeah, Rajon Rondo. These guys can't shoot. And it seems like they are going, and Magic Johnson has said as much, they're going a different way. They're trying to have more playmakers. They're trying to have more attackers. But at the end of the day... It's about putting the ball through the bucket, through the hoop, and the Lakers really don't have a, a great shooter outside of Kyle Kuzma. They got rid of Julius Randle, who's probably their second or third best player. Yep, he is uh, with the Pelicans now. Um, I don't know what they're doing. I guess they're better than Cleveland, but I don't think they're that bad. I mean, Kevin Love's better than anything the Lakers have. Is Brandon Ingram, I guess, he did have like 18 points yeah. last year. No surprise, it was the second year. So I haven't seen the Lakers play in a damn long time. But, you know, with, with Lonzo Ball there, and I mean, right now, I mean, you assume they're making the playoffs as they sit, but it seems like you're going to have to win 50 games, and they sure as hell didn't win 50 last year, and neither did Cleveland, so... Is this a 50-win team? Is this a team that can win 15 more? I mean, you saw Minnesota last year. Everybody was saying, you know, playoffs, playoffs. And it's like, well, you got to, you know, have the best season you've had in like 15 years. Mm-hmm. And they almost playoffs. So I don't think it's a guarantee that they make the playoffs. They likely will. But who, who doesn't make it? I mean, are the, are the Timberwolves not making it? They cannot make it. So, my initial reaction to everything going on, I'll give you, I'll give you my top eight in the West, and you tell me how far fetched you see it. Um, and I, I hear a lot of the Lakers being the three seed, and I will. The fucking three seed. That's what people are saying. Yeah, that's what. Uh, hey, that's what people are saying. Um, right. Yeah. Holy oh, shit! It wasn't even the three seed in the East last year. Christ! Huh? I know. I'm, That's goddamn ridiculous. I'm just these people are other goddamn money. Well, you, you, the Clippers. The Clippers are better than the Lakers for Christ's no, sake. No, no way. No, not a chance. Not a chance in hell that the the Clippers are better than the Lakers right now. I want to see. I want to see how the Clippers do this year compared to the Lakers. Yeah. Yep, and that's that's fine. You got Contavious Caldwell Pope as well that the the Lakers brought in. Uh, Luol Deng seems like he's destined to be traded, but 
You know, Malik New. Okay, Gary Payton. Nope. Uh, yeah, Alonzo Ball. Sweet. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, you got LeBron James. Yeah, Kyle you know, Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma is your... He's pretty good. Brandon Ingram's pretty good. Yep. Other than that, just a bunch of guys. Mo Wagner. Mo Wagner. He's going to be traded in a yeah, we'll... nanosecond. Well, once he's yeah, able to. Okay. I, it just, I, I just don't, I don't. See, but here, okay, so here's my one through eight. Um, okay. I'll put Golden State at one, and we'll get to the reason why. It's pretty obvious here in a moment. Houston. Houston at two. I will put the Oklahoma City Thunder at three. I will put the Lakers at four. I know that probably a probably a stretch. We'll go with no no. I'm sorry. We're going to go with the Utah Jazz at four. We're going to go the um with the Lakers at five, the Spurs at six, the Trailblazers at seven. And the Nuggets at eight, with the New Orleans. New Orleans is all right, and you know Minnesota. Not yep. Do. Yep. Minnesota, New Orleans, and I think Dallas is actually going to make some headway this yeah. year. I like the addition of DeAndre Jordan, um, Dirk. I th- I think they've made some decent moves, but Dallas is a little ways away from doing. It. I think Phoenix is going to be interesting, but I have Minnesota and New Orleans just missing out on the playoffs. Um, that that's my initial reaction to it all uh, plus you have the whole Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns saga that seems to be dragging on or that could drag on throughout the season like, you know is Jimmy Butler even going to stay in Minnesota after the season maybe it's not not if you know if cats around who who knows what the hell's going on there but Minnesota just seems destined to fail uh, I mean the the west has gotten so much more difficult that the NBA should immediately just go one through 16, the top 16 teams. Um, if you want to do top eight in each conference this initial year, that's fine, and then realize that that's dumb and just do the top 16 teams regardless. That's great. Um, you can ha- you can have division winners. I'm okay with division winners, um, but th- that's just my initial reaction right now because I love what the Thunder did in getting Paul George. They bought out Carmelo yeah. Anthony. Um I should say in keeping Paul George because that's that was the real stunner right away. Is that Paul George who said for the longest time, "I'm going to the Lakers. I want to be in LA. I want to be a Laker." And the Thunder traded for him last year, and they were able to convince him to stay. That's a huge win for them, and that's why it's no sure thing that Kawhi Leonard is going to LA because if he, let's say, he gets traded to Boston. Boston has all the pieces to be a championship contender. Why would he want to go to L.A. when he could stay in Boston, dominate the East, and have a chance to win championships? Oklahoma City's probably better without, I mean, they are better without Carmelo Anthony. Yep. I mean, there's not much difference between the three seed and the eight seed last year. No. We saw that. That was a jumbled mess. Um, I mean, you know, you got the Clippers. Look at the Clippers roster. I think it's all right. Like the Clippers roster and the Lakers without LeBron, I think that's pretty, pretty close. But you have LeBron, so that's a big difference. Yep. And it's very many all the Kings and the Suns. You feel comfortable that they're not making the playoffs. And you know Memphis was pretty bad. 
last year, see if they can get healthy. So, I mean, Utah was a surprise. Denver, I like Denver a lot. Yep, I do as well. Um, Golden State, Golden State, they won again. They won it again. And the reason for that is because they got Boogie Cousins. I mean, they stole Boogie Cousins. Uh, I get he's coming off of an Achilles tendon uh, tear, and he's going to have to rehab a bunch. But the, some, I hear some people saying, "Oh, don't expect him until you know March or you know the earliest January or like April." In May, he's not even going to have an impact. Like, what the hell are you talking about? He said he was aiming at starting the regular season. Uh, but that doesn't seem like it's going to happen. The Warriors are going to bring him about slowly. But once he's going to, I mean, that's a super team right there. To get him for $5.3 million, um, highly unlikely that he would stay there after the season. But who knows? Uh, but he's going to be healthy for the playoffs. And it's case closed. Golden State will wipe the floor with anyone and everyone. It's just, it. I want to say it's unfair, but give credit to the Warriors for getting guys who want to win championships and are willing to take less uh, to, to win it. So so kudos to the Warriors. I am all in on it. And to everyone who's bitching, I'd just like to say, shut up. Like he's claiming that nobody else wouldn't give him a contract. I guess... Uh, I don't believe that for like, a second. No, it looks like New Orleans offered two years... Forty million, which is a good sum of money, but um, hey, you can go there. You can win a title. You can go out on the market next year, and you can go to Lakers and go wherever you want. So, yeah, I mean, him and Paul George—that was the the big surprise. I mean, the, the Achilles is probably the worst injury to have. Yep. And I would say, you know, that's going to be a few months until we until we see him. And there's no reason. There's no reason that he should be playing at all before he's 100% ready because there's no reason to be. They don't need him. And so if it takes till Christmas, it takes till Christmas. But I'm hearing people say he's not going to be ready until like March or April. Yeah, like, like that that doesn't make any sense to me because he injured it early enough in the season to get a, a start on the yeah. rehab. Even if it's a year, then it'll be January. Right. And uh, the Warriors, I guess they said a few days ago that, you know, playoff time, I would expect him to play before the playoffs next year. Oh God, yes, okay. yes, yep, absolutely. So I, I just don't, I, I don't see where people are saying he won't have an impact. Um, if he doesn't have an impact on the regular season, and they just unveil him for the playoffs, then uh, so be it. That's They're going to go sixteen and zero. So let's fifteen and one. Like they, they should have lost to Houston. They should have lost to Houston. They should have. Yep. Oh. So I'll see you know, if Houston, if Chris Paul doesn't tear his hamstring again, we'll see what we'll see what Houston has in store. I'm I'm and telling again, you, I, yeah. I really uh, sorry. I really like Boston. If all those guys are there, again, I think they can go six with Golden State. I think they can give them a very competitive series. Sure, Kyrie, Kyrie Irving, he did it once, and uh, I think he can. You can do it again. And I I would just like to point out, too, that in that Rocket series, the Warriors did not have Andre Iguodala, who's arguably their best defender. So, I, yep, in there. And then, I mean, Clint Capella, see what happens if they lose him. Yep. That's They've already lost Trevor Ariza. 
for what it's yeah, worth. Yeah, he went to the Suns, for Christ's sake, so yep. good for him for that. Um, so Clint Capella, maybe he's not back. Uh, I think Carmelo's going to go to Lakers or Houston, and that's bad news there. He should probably quit playing basketball, but somebody's going to pay him a lot of money to keep playing, and he's he's not somebody I would want on my team. I hear so, even talk of Miami. I mean, go right ahead to Miami. Waste away in Miami. It's either go for a title with Houston or end your career in Miami because he's about done. He's about done. I, there's not much left. There's no. not much tread on the tires. No more tread on his tires. He's done. Yep. Nope, I agree. And he, he can't play a complete game. You know, you're getting him for his offense and his shooting, if if anything. Uh, but He's yeah. not very good at that anymore. So. Nope. So I, I just think Golden State, it, I'm not the first one, nor will I be the last. But, I mean, you may as well. This season it lacks so much intrigue now um, with this because, oh, yeah, LeBron in L.A., cool, that's going to be great. But, I mean, the East is garbage apart from Philadelphia and Boston. Uh, and it just doesn't even matter the West is going to be really competitive, but Golden State's going to run away with things again. Houston's going to be just fine. I, I just it, with with the, with the Warriors getting Demarcus Cousins, it's just like game over, man. Game over. Well, this is the way it's been for what four four, four years now, folks. Right. Again, you know, you say, all right, who's what's going to be the final? They're going to be Golden State against whatever each team LeBron's on. Now he's not, so it's going to be. Golden State versus Boston. All right, and that's probably what the finals are going to be. And, um, yeah, that's fine. I'll watch it, and Golden State's fun to watch. Um, We'll get some World Cup talk in here later on. Hopefully we can land Marcus uh, Traxler for uh, maybe one last edition here of uh, the World Cup talk with the World Cup uh, with the championship match on Sunday. Uh, France is in the championship match after having defeated Belgium 1-0, so that's I'm very sorry to see the waffles go. Uh, uh, but there is some soccer news. I'm sure you saw this, that uh, Cristiano Ronaldo has left Real Madrid for uh, Juventus. Juventus, I think. It's, it's in, in Italy, I believe. Uh, this is a pretty significant move. On a scale of one to five, your interest level in this story is what? I'd be a zero, sir. That would be no interest <laughs> on the one to five scale. I do not give a shit or a fuck about a soccer. Is this it, the only interesting aspect of this to me? And I, I agree with you. I, I get that it's a, a big deal. I get that it's a big deal to to soccer fans. Uh, sure. You know, jumping from a team that, that would be like. Yeah. Let's say that would be like uh, Aaron Rodgers saying, "I'm leaving the Green Bay Packers for the Cincinnati Bengals." I mean, it you just it just doesn't make a lot of sense in that regard. Uh, but yeah. the but the buyout of 117 million is steep, but I don't think it's it maybe it's not that all that expensive. Uh, 117 million is a lot, but considering. What Ronaldo can probably do for this team in terms of sales and merchandise and and championships, I I mean it's it's well worth the investment. If you say so, it's a lot of money. Whatever it is, whatever he does, good for him. With with the running and the, and the kicking of the ball and such, uh, good for him making all the money. 
NFL news, uh, LaShawn McCoy's in some hot water, potentially, uh, for some domestic violence type stuff, but... Anybody shoot anybody this offseason? Everybody meet somebody they shouldn't meet, or... Ah, uh, well, LaShawn McCoy might, but the the Instagram account, or Instagram post that was accusing him of such things has, I guess, since been taken down. So, um, we'll, we'll see where that goes, but that's tough. Uh, the Panthers have a new owner, uh... So that that's cool. Uh, the oh the the David Keim, the Cardinals GM, he uh, got a Dewey on Fourth of July, so that's cool. David oh. Tepper is the new Carolina Panthers owner. Um, the NFLPA apparently is going to talk with the NFL on the anthem stuff, so that's good news. Maybe they can get something done there. Uh, Johnny Manziel's playing in the CFL. Okay, all right. So done with NFL talk for now. Um, well, uh, really, there is just baseball, and I shouldn't say just baseball, but we All are. There is, folks. All we, we got, we got the baseball. We are headed into the All Star break. The All Star game will be in Washington D.C. next week. Uh, I will be on vacation next week, so we won't have a podcast next week. Uh, so, you going? Yeah, we're just doing this one and then taking another week off. You're going to D.C. No, I'm not. I'm not going to D.C. Um, uh, but, uh, we'll be off, but, um, so let's, let's look at this first half of the baseball season. What has really intrigued you? And then we'll get to the all-star selections and the snubs and all that here. But, uh, what have you made of the first half of the baseball season thus far? Um, the, the leagues have kind of switched. Like the national league always was the league we knew, all right, it's going to be, uh, the Nationals and the Dodgers and the Cubs, and we knew what the teams were going to be. Well, now it's different, and none of those teams are in the division lead, and you know maybe two of them don't even make it. If not all of them don't even make the playoffs. And the American League, we know who's winning those divisions already. So leagues have switched in that aspect. Um, National League, I mean, the, 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 the National League, is not very good. Look, looking at just the individual players, mm-hmm. I guess I would go with Max Scherzer as the MVP right now. There's just no position players. You just look at the outfield in the, in the National League; it's not good. You know, all the American League got a bunch of great guys, and they've got too many great guys. So, uh, I think big advantage American League uh, Braves and Phillies. They're fun. Twins suck. The so Nationals are a disappointment. Man, yeah, Nationals not doing hot. You, uh, I mean, just a one hundred win team. I mean, Yankees, Houston, Boston, all winning under. I mean, that's I don't know if three teams in one league have ever won a hundred games in a season. So it could be, you know, it could be pretty historic if if that happens. So that's. And, and the Brewers, Brewers are pretty good. Yep. Brewers are pretty good. Good night. I'd like to see them in the playoffs somehow. Yep, I'd like to see and, them in and the Cubs out. Yeah, and uh, AL Cy Young looks like to be a pretty tight race. Uh, Trout, he's got MVP wrapped up, so long as he stays on the field. And uh, yeah, NL playoffs should be interesting. Yep. Oakland's got a Oakland's got a bubble in their six back of Seattle. You'd think Seattle would come back to the pack a little bit. But you got Oakland and kind of laying in the lead. So my, my team in the second half is Oakland. Okay. Look out for the A's. 
All right, I like it, like it a lot. Uh, you mentioned that the tw- you know it would be fitting of the Twins after their atrocious one and eight road trip against the White Sox, Cubs, and Brewers to rattle off a bunch of wins against these terrible teams that are coming. They swept the Orioles. Uh, They won the first game of their series against the Royals. They're destined to lose game two, it appears, as we're recording this podcast. But you have the Rays coming in. So the the Twins, unfortunately, could make things interesting a little bit. But they're just very frustrating. Uh, The pitching was terrible in, in Chicago against the Cubs. Uh, so that's that's not good at all. But I I'm wondering, have we? When is the last time you saw three teams as bad as the Orioles, Royals, and White Sox are in in not only in baseball at the midway point, but in the same league? I mean, this is yeah. historically bad. I tweeted out a few uh, months ago, whatever it was. I think I said it uh, maybe last couple weeks ago. There's two other times during the last 20 years or so, last 10, 20 years, where a division's had two 100 loss teams. One was the AL Central, I think it was, must have been Kansas City and Detroit. The other one was, I think, Cubs and Houston, I think it was. So we've had two teams this, this bad. Baltimore. Baltimore's bad. Kansas City's bad. Kansas City, they lost 28 of 32. Uh, Baltimore's 40 games under, for Christ's sake, half a season to go. So, yeah, these, these are two teams that are probably going to lose, you know, 105 games, 110 games if they keep this pace up, and it's going to be uh, going to be quite awful. White Sox are pretty bad. Uh, Reds, Reds are playing pretty good. Reds' offense is pretty good. So the, the National League doesn't have a real terrible team. I mean, the Marlins are bad, the Mets are bad, the Padres are pretty worthless. But even the Marlins, even the Marlins at thirty-eight and fifty-five are at least a, a, a better watch than the Orioles yeah. and the Royals. Like the Padres don't have much to watch. Uh, the Marlins have a couple of good players. I mean, the, the Orioles have Machado. He's pretty good. They should trade him as soon as possible. Kansas City doesn't have anybody that I think is worth a ship. No. So they're, they're, they're bad to well, watch. Uh, Salvador Perez, their catcher, when he's healthy, oh, is, is good. Right. No, he's, he's fucking terrible. No. He's, he, I mean, I don't want to say he's the worst all-star ever, but Jesus Christ, <laughs> he, fuck, he's hitting 210. Uh, his OPS plus is like 70, 30% more than, I mean, and then average... Fuck, that's that's bad. I mean, if you want to get it, I mean, the AL, the National League's not too bad, but the American League All-Star roster, I think it's just the shit. I am buying stock in the Cincinnati Reds for the uh, foreseeable sure. future. Is Am I crazy in saying that they will be no worse than the third best team next year in the NL Central? I don't know. I think they're not any good. Their offense is, I mean, they got three all-stars, and they're all three deserving all-stars at first, second, and third. They don't have any pitchers. But, uh, you know, they're, I mean, I mean, they're just a team. They could finish last again. I'm, I'm buying them. I'm going to buy them. I'm going to buy right now. We'll come back yeah. to this podcast next year uh, and just see, you know, huh. July 10th, 2018, Stacken's saying huh. that uh, the Reds will finish no worse than third in the NL Central. 
So that, I'm calling my shot there. The the NL West, that's a, just a giant cluster. Every time you think the Diamondbacks are doing something good, then they fall back to the pack. The Dodgers are good. Tell me about this uh, this Dodgers. Uh, was it Muncie? Is that what his name is? Max Muncie. He's, uh, he's a hell of a player. Came out of nowhere, just a random dude. I think he was with Oakland before. Dodgers picked him up. I think he was hurt in spring training, didn't do anything. No reason why he should be good, but he's goddamn what? 18 home runs, he's like forcing the NL in home runs. It's un- unexplainable. Hopefully he's in the all-star team, game I had him on my team. Um, so it's it's unexplainable why, why he's, I mean, the Dodgers, all of these guys from the Dodgers that are doing well are getting paid like nothing. All their cheap young talents. They're, and he's one of them. He's cheap, and he's maybe their best player right now. Uh, All star uh, not or selections were made. You know, they, they announced the teams and everything. I was surprised, I guess, that Jose Barrios made it, but I'm happy that he is. Eddie Rosario seems like a snub to me. The the Snell guy, the pitcher for the Rays, that's a pretty big snub on the AL side. We'll see what the final vote tally is. But um, what did you make? Uh, what do you make of the AL and the NL All Star teams, and uh, also about the final vote? Yeah, American League's awful. It's um, bad. Bad as in bad selections, or just... Yeah, well, I mean, it could be a lot better if you'd actually, you know, pick... I mean, Sal Perez, I mean, Jesus Christ. Do they need to... Does Major League Baseball need to do away with that rule about having a player from every team represented? I'm okay with it. Um, Who would you have taken from the Royals, then? With Larry Fielder, second baseman, is... By a good margin, their best player. When it comes down to these teams that don't like have an all star, like you just look at them and say, who's the best player on this team? And then you pick that guy. You look at Kansas City, it's Whit Merrifield. He's a 300 hitter. He was good last year. He's good this year. He is easily their best player. There's not much of a debate to be had there. You look at the Twins, who's their best player? It's Rosario. Escobar's had a nice year. I wish he'd get on the team, but I didn't have him on, uh, unfortunately. Maybe some guys get you know injured, he can make it. I mean, Barrios having a good year, but fuck, that's, that's embarrassing that he makes the team. I mean, he's a very good pitcher. I think he's going to win a Cy Young in his career, but no, I mean, Rosario's the best player on the Twins. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, and just looking at the team, the Padres... Padres were like really the only team that didn't have an all-star really caliber player I thought even you know Chicago has a Brayu uh, Kansas City with Merrifield I, I would be fine with him making the all-star team <clears throat> Tigers it's a little tough I had them I had Nick uh, Castellanos making it for them but they picked reliever Joe Jimenez who's fine but I would not pick him so just, I mean, just a lot of bad, bad picks. Like, George Springer, like, I, for Houston made it, and he's he's fine, but he's not jiving with what the fuck I had. So that's, that, that's what I got. Okay. All right, and I... Like I said, I go to you with with regards to this because you're, you're in tune with the game and you're looking at all these players, so totally fine with that. Uh, who's Who's participating in the Home Run Derby? 
cancel it. No. I mean, Bryce Harper is, and uh, I mean, That's slam dunk competition. What, what has happened? You know, slam dunk back in the day. You had Jordan. You had Dominique Wilkins. You had Dr. J. If you were a dunker, you were in this competition. Uh, when we were growing up, home run derby, Ken Griffey Jr., Sosa McGuire, Bond. If you were the guy, you were in the home run derby. Now, nobody wants to dunk. Nobody wants to hit home runs. Judge last year, you watched that. That was a great goddamn show. He doesn't want to do it anymore. Stanton, he doesn't want to do it. Like, what the fuck, man? Just go, I mean, goddamn. Uh, this, this thing about hurting your swing, I think that's a bunch of bullshits. Hurting your swing, I mean... It's all in, the, it's all in their head. It's all in their head. Yeah. Do you try to hit home runs sometimes in batting practice? I would assume, yeah. Does that wreck your swing because you try to hit some home runs in batting practice every day? No. You're asked to put on a show. I mean, Mike Trout would be nice to have Mike Trout. He's this big star, and he's one of the greats of all time already. But nobody knows who the hell Mike Trout is because nobody gives a shit about the Angels. And then this would be a great opportunity for him to be in the home run derby. He's got a hurt finger, so that's fine. But if he would like to do the home run derby, put on a show, that would be... That would be great. Yeah, no, uh, I, Otani. I'd like to see Otani in the home run derby. That yeah. would be great. I mean, last last year was awesome, was it not? Last year was great. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's why you you like you mentioned the stars you'd like to see. You know, the Stantons, the judges of the world. Right now, I'm seeing two. I, I just see two names: Mike Muncy or Max Muncy, excuse me. And he's in the fucking thing. He's gonna be in the thing. He is. Yep. That that. Holy yeah. shut! Oh wow! Wow! Muncy. Ma- on Munc- Max Muncy and Bryce Harper. Those are the only two names that I see yeah. thus far. I mean, National League doesn't have a ton of home run guys. I mean, Nolan Arenado could be a guy. American League's got a bunch of guys that we mentioned already that Machado. don't want to do it. Yeah, Machado, he could, might as well have him do it. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there that could. Freddie Freeman? I'd like to see Freddie Freeman in it. But no, nobody wants to do it. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand. I don't get it. All right. Don't get so th- there you go. But you will be watching the, the All-Star game next week, right? Yeah, there's nothing else on it, so I'll, I'll watch it. Will you watch the ESPYs? Am I correct that the ESPYs are taped this year? They're not doing it live? When is it? Or they don't, don't they usually do it live on that Wednesday? Yeah. Thursday? Yep, I think it's it's normally on uh, on that Wednesday. It's normally so the, when are they showing it on Sunday night or what? I I don't know. Uh, I I don't know. I think they might be oh. might they might be doing it on tomorrow. I don't it, 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 like it, not they're not broadcasting it until July eighteenth. But they may be doing it tomorrow. I I don't know. I oh. or uh, in by that I mean July eleventh. Um. Maybe they are doing. I don't know. I've seen like, oh, watch live on the ESPN Plus app, uh, and I thought I had saw something about Jim Kelly was is the recipient of the Arthur Ashe Courage Award uh, based on his battles with cancer and everything. But they're doing something special for him. Um, you know, before I I don't know. Maybe now they they are doing it live. I don't. If they aren't doing it live, it's a doggone shame and ridiculous. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully that's the that's the case. But if if not, r- ridiculous. 
I don't. I mean, I don't watch it. I don't care about it. It doesn't matter to me. The 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 Minneapolis Miracles up for a couple of plays or yeah. win an award. Takes can get his award there if you won't win one with the team he's on. So go go for your SVs. I don't know. So there you go. Uh, let's see. Also, the Open Championship is next week. I thoroughly look forward to it. It is at Carnoustie. Uh, they did a Golf Channel did a, a documentary. Uh, I think it was on Monday on the famous collapse of Jean Vandeveld, uh, twenty five years ago, I believe it was, or something like that. So that was twenty eight, uh, twenty years ago. Twenty years ago. Excuse me. Uh, yeah. So that's interesting. Uh, who am I taking? Eh, I'll take Jordan. Do I take Jordan Speed to repeat? Eh, probably shouldn't. I'd like to take McElroy. I'd love to take Tiger Woods. But uh, let's go with Hideki Matsuyama. Does Tiger Woods even make the cuts? I think so. I don't think he does. Uh, a guy who almost, I think he, he yeah, he's he running up Tommy Fleetwood. Did you see that uh, the PGA Tour is changing their schedule for next year? What do they do? So they're moving up. Let's see. Let's get this here. Uh, The major related? Yes. It's it's like the entire tournament um, is, or all all the tournaments are changing. So, you know, the players champion. Pretty much, yep. Uh, so the players' champion, the players' championship is going it to March. They are moving that. So here, here we go. Uh, let, let's. I got it. I got it at May. Okay, May out to March. Oh, the I'm sorry. You're right. The, the players' championship moved to March. Yeah, the players' championship moved to March from May. Uh, the PGA championship is moved uh, to May from August. The uh, whoa, 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 hold on. What, what's okay? So, the basketball is going on at the time. Is that right? Before, that's the week before the, the tournament. So, all of the conference tournaments are going on. So that's stupid. What's the second one here? Uh, well, you got uh, the, you know, the Valero Texas Opens now right before the Masters. Masters is still in April. That's that's okay. totally fine. Um, you got the PGA Championship is going to be May 13th through the 19th. Uh, so it moved from the PJ Championship is now the second major. It has moved uh, to yeah, yeah. from August to May. Uh, you have the Memorial, the U.S. Open, then is in June, same week as it has been. The uh, the Open Championship is in July, same weekend as it normally is. But then they start the playoffs, the FedEx Cup playoffs, uh, the first full weekend or the, the the first full week in August. So the playoffs will wrap up. August 25th, so before college football really gets going, before the NFL gets going, so they don't have to compete with that, which I think is a very wise decision on uh, the PGA Tour's part. It's a good idea. I think we've we've come to realize that nobody cares about this FedEx playoff thing. I have no idea who's won it. I have no idea, I mean... In the playoffs, whatever. I know nobody cares about the FedEx playoffs. So but at, at the at the very least, you're saying uh, that you're putting it in yeah. August, so that's a that should help. 
that will yeah that will help because people will be like oh what the hell is going on it's kind of like with the with the NASCAR playoffs does, does anyone really know what's going on in in October no it's a very long season so season so what are they going to do September and I mean they're going to continue to play but what are these yep so other things of note Detroit is getting a tournament and uh, Minnesota is getting a tournament it's going to be in Blaine. Uh, let's see here. So October first, they're gonna start uh, some season, and they're you know you got some random tournaments through the middle of November. Then there's a six week break. Then it begins their season like the, the December thirty first. They have a couple tournaments in Hawaii as they normally would. Then uh, yeah. you have the Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines in San Diego, January twenty first through twenty seventh. Waste Management Open, eighteen T Pebble Beach Pro Am. All this stuff. I mean, so there's a lot of stuff that's the same uh, in in the same spot. So they're they're just doing some stuff in October, six week break, and then starting it all up there through the end of August. Basically, they're starting earlier, making you know players championship, putting that earlier, then ending the thing a little earlier. Right. Right. Oh, you know, PJ Championship. I guess. Ooh, that page black next year. So look out for that. Um. Yeah, I mean, it should be fine, you know, kind of, you know, April, May, June, July, you got one major month, you kind of spread them out a little bit instead of, you know, you got the Masters. Plus the Players' Championship in March, which everyone likes the TPC yeah. Sawgrass. Yeah, and you got to, you know, kind of wait a while between the Masters and the next major, April, May, you still got two months wait there. So, you know, it's, it's fine, I guess, that's interesting to get done before football starts. Yep. And, uh, and I mean, FedEx Cup, whatever, but mm. and, and before September, that's a good idea. Yep, and uh, as I've said multiple times, the Open Championship is my favorite tournament to watch, so I will be getting up early in the morning, so I will welcome any time Noah has to get up early. Good. So, um, anything else uh, before we say so long? Minneapolis is building a Top Golf, I think. Top Golf? What the hell is that? Oh, you you don't know what Top Golf is. Uh, uh Top Golf in Denver. Denver's got a Top Golf. There's going to be a Top Golf like facility. It's not Top Golf, but it's the exact same thing by some other company uh, in Sioux Falls. Uh, it's like a drive. It's a three tiered. Three-level, three-story driving range. Oh, yeah. Okay, like the ones that they have in Vegas. Yeah, then you hit the ball and the mm-hmm. specific holes. You can play games. and Okay. You know, so once you're being two falls or putting one, like Omaha might be getting one. But we're getting, I don't know, whatever. I think it's in all Sanford because everything does. Yep. Two falls will be getting one. So maybe that'll be done in a couple of years. So that's, that's interesting right there. All right. Well, you enjoy the uh, All-Star festivities next week. Uh, uh, get out golfing. Uh, stay cool. Uh, enjoy the Open Championship. Yeah, and uh, it's going to be. It's going to be hot. That's for damn sure. Uh, but uh, we'll talk in a, in a couple of weeks. All right. All right. We'll see you then. Sounds good. Thank you, my friend. Yes. All right. Travis Krenz joining us here, Sports Block Podcast. Appreciate his time and perspective, as always. Uh, you can find this podcast available online. Uh, 
apologies for the, for any swearing that you might um, be offended by, but that's that's a it's spirited debate for sure. You can find this podcast available online. Just search the Sports Block Podcast on iTunes. Also follow me on Twitter at ndstacken, Facebook Nathan Stacken. Uh, so yeah, Open Championship got the All Star Break, SBCA, uh, lol in the sports uh, calendar. Looking forward to the Open Championship. But coming up next, World Cup is wrapping up this week. We'll talk with Marcus Traxler. Hopefully, if not, then you'll just listen to me talk about the World Cup. I think you'd much rather have Marcus. That's coming up next here on the Sports Block Podcast. Now available on iTunes. Continuing here on the Sports Block Podcast, our resident World Cup expert is Mr. Marcus Traxler from the Mitchell Daily Republic. He's kind enough to join us here. Marcus, how are we doing? I'm good, sir. How are you? Uh, good. I'm probably doing better than Belgium and England right now. Um, that's the World Cup matchup that I wanted to see, so of course it would go to show that the, both of those teams lose. We have France against Croatia for the World Cup final on Sunday. Uh, what, what? If I had told you that would be the World Cup, how surprised would you be? I would have definitely been surprised that Croatia would have made it. Um, you know, not that they're not a good team. They've shown they're a good team. I think even at the beginning of the tournament, you basically could, could take any of the European teams and you could make an argument that they'd make a huge run. Um, but I think Croatia, the final, if we're being honest, is, is one that not many people would have would have picked. France um, was just kind of one of those teams that I think was certainly among the favorites. But off the radar, you know, we weren't spending a lot of time um, because they've, they've uh, traditionally been... Uh, you know, a group that, that has been underwhelming as well. So they've they've really put it together. I mean, they they are certainly deserving to be in the in the final. They've played great. So uh, to me, France obviously a, a big favorite on Sunday. Um, that won't be surprising to anybody. But um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it, it'll be an interesting match. I think it, it'll be interesting in the sense that how much how much does Croatia have left? Yes. wise is my big question. Yep, and I think that was something that people were discussing going into their semifinal match with England. I mean, they had just come off back-to-back matches where they had to go to extra time, had to go to penalty kicks, and yet they were still able to find a way to take down England. They fell behind 1-0, ended up winning 2-1, so that's big. So, yeah, I think that's a major storyline or major factor going into Sunday is how much do they truly have left in the tank. But at this point, I mean... They've obviously shown that they've been able to answer the bell, answer the call, and and win these games. So, I guess it it shouldn't be a surprise if they win the cup on on Sunday. No, at this point, I mean they they they're they're literally ninety minutes away. I mean, uh, the way they've handled you know some of the more difficult aspects of of uh, tournament soccer in this regard. You know, we've mentioned the the you know number of games they've played in a short amount of time. Now we're getting to the point where, um, you know, they've handled the shootout. They've handled extra time. Like you said, those are difficult things. I mean, they had a player who was, you know, terrific, Mario Mandusic, who had the big goal uh, in Wednesday's semifinal. He's probably that third guy, you know, as far as name name guys on that team. And uh, he stepped up and had the big goal. So uh, Croatia's kind of shown they can get it done. Obviously, sort of the little country that could here, mm-hmm. and I think you know if you're if you're interested in sort of that 
that underdog story, they fit that, I think. And they've never won the World Cup before, if I if memory serves me correct. Right. Uh, uh, so that's something to look at as well. Uh, they're playing France, like we mentioned. And France, uh, if it hadn't been for their goalkeeper, arguably making a couple of phenomenal saves, they wouldn't be in this position right now. Belgium probably would have won. Belgium looked great throughout the entire tournament. I think this is the first match that they've lost that they, they had a 27 match on beaten streak or something like that, I think I saw. Yeah. Uh, which is phenomenal. But if it hadn't been for France's goalie, arguably, it'd be Belgium in the final. Yeah, it is amazing. I mean, Bel- uh, Belgium, you know, similar to uh, to England in a lot of ways, not this, not this World Cup cycle. But previously, you know, England had the golden generation. Now that was the talk with Belgium. You know, really banging on the door. This was probably as good a chance as they could ask for to win win a World Cup title and uh, they just weren't able to deliver you know obviously the, the key goal to, to sort of stretch things you know France just has some incredible players we've seen pretty much all of them you know operating at a high level in this tournament that's been a lot of fun I think um, between Giroud Griezmann um, Mbappe has been basically the star of this tournament as far as being maybe somebody that nobody really knew and now he's you know we're going to talk probably about Ronaldo and and uh, yep. you know people have mentioned Mbappe as being the replacement at Real Madrid. So that's you know nobody was saying that four weeks ago. And and you mentioned uh, their goalkeeper Hugo Lloris, one of the best in the world, and he's he's asserted that even more in this tournament. So I would give uh, you know if we're going to break down sun, Sunday's match, I mean they have a huge advantage in that uh, just from the the type of experience that Lloris gets on a weekly level in the Premier League. Going into this tournament, I wasn't a huge fan of Taylor Twellman, but I've really come to appreciate his analysis. Uh, I know he's, I know he's very smart when it comes to soccer, but I've just really appreciated his, uh, I don't know, his, his bluntness maybe, or just I guess his. It, it, there's just something about him that now I, I've, I kind of like in terms of his analysis of this World Cup, um, and. I think it was something where he had said, you know, that he anticipated that England was going to win because, you know, Croatia just had too many minutes. Of course, obviously he got he got that one wrong, but he had mentioned that France had ever since the 2016 Euros, which was granted just a couple years ago, but they uh-huh. lost that it was in Paris, it was in their home country and they failed to uh, they failed to win that, and so they've been gaining momentum and, and gearing up for a run like this, but it seems as though they've kind of flown under the radar to the Germanys and the Spains and the Brazils of the world when it came into this World Cup. Yeah, and it, you know they have the firepower. You know, it's not it's not the fact that they're not, you know, excuse me, worse than those teams or anything. They're just as good in a lot of ways, and so. Um, that's a that's a big big reason I think they've flown under the radar. They've they've underachieved. I mean, if, if mm-hmm. we're going to point towards that, and so um, that makes a huge difference. I think when perception comes into the tournament, and uh, you know, I will say I think they benefited early in the tournament. They got a chance to maybe get their feet wet a little bit and not have to feel a whole bunch of pressure. You know, you don't take on necessarily a huge uh, opponent right away. So uh, they've. They've put themselves in a great position, and uh, a chance to kind of close the deal here would, um, you know, I, I, I just, I'm surely setting myself up for being wrong, but I would just be shocked if they don't win on 
on Sunday, provided it doesn't go to penalties. Obviously, mm-hmm. penalties are sort of the the uh, the eternal lottery system in this tournament. And it but, seems to be Croatia's uh, specialty. Well, and yeah, and then you know, I um, you know, I've watched them. Would they've been in penalties once or twice? Twice, I think, right? Yep. Yeah, and uh, I think it was especially against Russia. You know, the way that match was unfolding there in the quarterfinals. You know, you're watching. You know, just like you know, Russia's just sort of weaseled their way back into this thing and um, I thought for sure that uh, Croatia might fold there and they didn't you know they just sort of buckled down and, and got the job done so that was you know they've, they've proven it uh, to, to this point is this a disappointing finish uh, obviously a disappointing finish for England but can their fans can the country can the team look and say that this World Cup was a failure I don't think they can you know it is a disappointing finish for sure because the way the bracket sits you know, heading into the, in the semifinals, you have to think, okay, we've got a great chance to get to the final. Um, look at how many World Cups unfold. You know, we're one of the more, more premier uh, soccer-playing countries in the world, and we traditionally don't get it done. This was the first semifinal appearance in 28 years. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's the first semifinal appearance in 28 years. Like we said, there was so much pressure on the David Beckhams and the Wayne Rooney's of the world and the the players that were in those in that generation, and they never got it done. So uh, the fact that they were able to reach uh, the semifinals is a great accomplishment. Uh, they have the right coach. They have the right types of players, even if they didn't deliver or let off the gas pedal uh, in the final 60 minutes against Croatia. But, you know, overall, they have no reason but but to uh, you know be relatively proud of the way they, they performed in this tournament. It was admirable, for sure. And they have some guys who... Maintaining for themselves, and I think you know they've they sort of acknowledged that twenty twenty two is probably going to be the prime period mm-hmm. for a lot of these players. But yeah, twenty twenty two, the pressure will be on. It wasn't yep. on in this tournament. Correct. Yep. And it always seems like, for whatever reason, there's just this aura about England, like the people. There's just a whole immense amount of pressure on them, almost more so than any other country. People just expect them to be good, and then. At the, I don't know. It, it just seems like there's a lot more pressure on them than than most countries. As we look ahead, though, to Sunday's match, France against one, one point I would I would yeah. make there is you know they have so many players, just a you know a complete pile of players yep. that are available. So you know finding the 23 guys that are going to be on the team is hard. Then finding the 11 guys that are going to play is hard. And then you know those guys have immense pressure on them to perform. And it just seems like it, you know I, I'm not saying there isn't that pressure in Croatia or France or. United States for, for that matter but um, it's just you know when the scrutiny is there and they just expect because they're the ones who invented the sport or you know whatever you believe there um, they just believe that you know we need to be the best at it and that's just uh, to me it, it's pressure that is you know maybe unmatched even in the United States I can't think of a single team that just expects expects that all the time you know maybe the Yankees um, but I you know Maybe the Dallas Cowboys, yeah. but I can't think of another team that, that's really like that. Yankees, Cowboys, and Packers immediately come to, to mind. Yeah, and uh, maybe the Lakers as well. Uh, oh, and Kentucky Wildcat basketball. That would, That's actually a pretty good, uh, pretty good example because there's not much else going on in Kentucky no. other than basketball, and there's not much Alabama going football. on in England. Uh, not much going on in England other than uh, their football. Right. Uh, so Sunday, Croatia against France. Sounds like you favor France. What are some of the keys that you're looking at and how this game will play out? 
Well, I think they just have, uh, you know, a tremendous amount of speed on the edges. I mentioned Mbappe, who's been sort of been playing out wide lately. Uh, they have Griezmann in the middle, who's been pretty solid. Olivier Giroud, who, uh, you know, I think is is probably a guy who can can score for them. Uh, he's sort of the the uh, attacking striker that they have. Pogba's great in the middle, and so I think if you know they're more talented up front. It's just a matter of finishing the goal and uh, and executing that sort of stuff. And I think I I just I think they've got more guys that can finish it off. But you know if you're not execu- if you're not uh, converting those chances a lot like England, you know England did score early, but if you're not scoring or or setting the pace in the first thirty minutes, the pressure will be on. Croatia will gain some confidence. So there is. There is a little bit of an urgency, I think, for France to get out to a lead, play with the lead a little bit, because I think the longer it wears on, the better position Croatia will be in, and the more pressure France probably should feel. Yep, yep, I would agree with that, and I'll take France as well. So uh, the kiss of death is now squarely on France. Congrats to Croatia. Yes, yes, congrats to Croatia indeed. Uh, What have you made of, of all the goals that have been scored off of set plays? It seems like it's a kind of a hot topic. It is, and you know, I, I'm not uh, I'm not a great tactics expert. Uh, aside from the very basics, you're, you're more but of a I tactic think, expert than I am. <laughs> I do my best, Zach, and I, you know, I think the one thing I'd say about set pieces, you know, in this particular uh, World Cup, and especially you know whether that's on you know free kicks or in the in the corner kick situation, is that mm-hmm. they're practiced so much, and. Uh, Honestly, I think the defense, the 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 job of the defense marking players, covering players on corner kicks has been terrible. And you see you see it all the time where maybe they're trying to go zone. And to me, again, I never played the game, but it just doesn't add up uh, to go zone. It just seems like it's so hard to lose a guy um, where you're back. If you're the defender, you're back to the ball. You're trying to keep your eye on the ball, the guy where your goalkeeper is, do I need to be on the line, do I need to be, you know, there's almost no no uh, way to be offside in that position, but it's just like, there's a lot of things you got to keep track of, and plus there's jumping and all this stuff, and um, it, it feels like it can be uh, pretty easy to lose track of stuff, and so um, I've been unimpressed with the marking, the defense in, in these particular places, and I would also attribute a lot of it to, there's just a lot more training specifically on this, because once we've reached this point, you know, like I said earlier, mm-hmm. you've picked the, the 23 best guys in your country to play. You know they can play. Yep. Uh, it's just a matter of tactically, what are we going to do when we get a free kick from 25 yards out? We want to execute something that's going to, you know, turn into something. And so I think you see these teams uh, doing a great job of making sure they're going to cash in on those chances that they can. You brought up Ronaldo earlier, and I mentioned this uh, when I was talking with with Krenz earlier, but of course he makes the move to uh, to Juventus from Real Madrid. It's a hundred seventeen million dollars. Is it is it one hundred seventeen million that he has to pay, or that uh, Juventus has to pay Real Madrid? Yeah, so Juventus pays a, a transfer fee to yep. Real Madrid, plus they pay a wage to Ronaldo. So right, you know, you're you're, you're talking, you know. North of three hundred fifty million, I think, right? Right, that's a, a pretty huge investment, and uh, it was kind of interesting. I, I think I I mentioned it uh, to somebody. You know, you put it in NBA terms, it's it's a lot of money for a thirty three year old, uh, and and Juventus probably headed for the the luxury tax if if there were to be one. But this is this is world soccer, and the the money 
just doesn't seem to dry up. Yeah. So. What What do you make of the whole situation? Making him do this, and uh, I have a comparison here. I'll, I'll run it by you uh, because I don't know if it's an apt comparison, but uh, it it just made me think of a of the other football, like a. But we'll get into that here in just a moment. What did you make of the whole? Yeah. yeah. Story. I, I think I read that he's been at Real Madrid for nine years. Nine years. Yep. Yeah. So, um, you know, in, in club football, that's a long time. And especially for a player of his stature, uh, he was at, you know, certainly one of the five best clubs in the world. He's probably going to uh, now one of the, the five best in the, in the world as well. Juventus has been sort of on the back burner. Um, you know, we have certainly been good in Italy, but from a European standpoint, you know, a little, a little bit more diminished uh, as of late, but that's partially because Real Madrid has just dominated the Champions League, and Ronaldo's a huge reason why. Uh, you know, even if you watched, if if you're, you know, let's say I'm just going to use you as an example. If you just watch uh, the World Cup, for example, mm-hmm. um, and that's all the soccer you watch, you know, even if it's every four years, you quickly realize why Ronaldo is as good as he is. Right. Um, you know, in the the three or four games Portugal was around, he made an impact. Uh, he's kind of all over the ball. He's physically dominant, and when it's, when the ball's on his foot, he makes plays. And so, uh, love him or hate him, and I'm usually in the hate him category. Uh, he's he's incredible. So uh, he's worth the money. If anybody is, he's going to be. You know, when we think of uh, the players of our generation, it's, it's him and Messi, one and two, and for me, he may be one. And uh, he's just he's earned the chance to go make more money somewhere else. Juventus on their side. Uh, has the influx of money? Uh, they they put just a, they have just a pile of money. Uh, in, you know, certainly, probably now in the top ten in the world in budgets, and they've got money to throw around. So that's a huge. This is a huge coup for them, and they instantly become players in Europe uh, going forward. So that's going to be really interesting to watch. You know, in contrast, now you've got uh, Real Madrid, who's got 120, 130 million dollars to spend, and they apparently are eyeing three players. Um, of some sort, so it's uh, they they're going to replace them, and they're going to replace them with three terrific players, and so it just it kind of goes on and on, and that's one of the huge things, you know, when you when you make a move like that, if you're Real Madrid, um, you you get that money back, and you can really spend it on on some serious players. And I would have to think the pressure is obviously increased exponentially for Juventus. I mean, they have to win a title, they have to win a championship with. Uh, with Ronaldo there, in order for this to to have been worth it, right? Mm, yeah, probably. But you know, at the same point, um, you know they're going to have him for four years, and this is uh, one of the players that draws eyeballs. And at the same time, if they're you know if they're having success domestically, which is in Italy, and they're you know they're making runs in Europe, I would agree that they've got to be in Champions League every year. Uh, they've got to be. You know, contenders every year, but um, if they're around, it'll be good. It'll be as good for their brand as winning the whole thing, I think, because they're already famous enough. I mean, they're sure. uh, at least at least among among soccer fans. I would understand if if you're not a true soccer follower, you maybe never heard of them, and so maybe that's where they've got some work to do. But um, you know, getting Ronaldo to me is honestly half the battle or more. I mean, that's a huge thing just to have him on your team. I made the comparison that just the way it, it feels to me with Ronaldo leaving a club like Real Madrid to go to Juventus, this is this would be like Aaron Rodgers or even Tom Brady, it, because of Tom Brady winning all the Super Bowls, like 
actively choosing to leave their team, their their star club, for a team like the Cincinnati Bengals. And I I don't know if that's a necessarily a fair comparison, but it's like they're they're just choosing to leave on their own to go to this other club that probably that doesn't have nearly the stature, the championship pedigree that that their clubs have, you know, like Green Bay or New England. Is that fair, or am I a little outside uh, my wheelhouse? I would maybe make, I would say, let's trade out the Cincinnati Bengals for, like, uh, Washington Redskins or uh, the Philadelphia Eagles if they weren't, wouldn't have won last year, haven't just won the title. You know, okay. somebody who's been around, you've heard of this this team before, but they've never really done anything with it. Washington, obviously, a while back has won Super Bowls, but... You know, Philadelphia, they've been around for 50 years, you know, 70 years, and they've never won any of it. So, um, you know, that would be that'd be a little bit more of the example. Calling them the Cincinnati Bengals might be too much of a slight, but I don't blame you. And I think the Tom Brady comparison is probably uh, a little bit more apt. I mean, I think if we were to compare, uh, you know, if we were to just say, you know, in 2000. What one did they go undefeated? Two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Yes, it would have been 08, I believe. 08, uh, 09 Super Bowl. Yeah. So if we would have just said, um, you know, right then, let's say they, they win or lose or whatever, he's just he's done there, and that'd be like him leaving, you know, at the peak of his powers, you know, and just yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, the Bengals. If we're going to use that example, yeah. it's just, you know, it is it is kind of uh, surprising to see. You know, a player, the best player in the world, um, leave the most successful club in the world right now um, because, and you know, in, in soccer, it just doesn't seem to be necessarily about the money. It's just, uh, you know, it's it's about leaving. It's about, you know, sort of, you know, creating something else. And uh, Because I'm sure they could have worked something out with Real Madrid for more money. He's worth it. So uh, clearly, you know, as, as it played out, Ronaldo wanted to leave and, um, I don't know why necessarily Juventus that does, that necessarily doesn't doesn't make sense, and you know I'm sure at some point he'll he'll cash in that MLS payday as well at some point down the line, and um, just like all these players do, and at 33 uh, he's not there yet. You know? least, so, he's got at least a decade uh, before he comes over to the MLS. <laughs> well, I think we you know we saw that with with Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Uh, yep. He made the move you know earlier this year, and he's what 37 or 38 or 36 or something. So. You know, and it's interesting. Obviously, you you look at uh, Ronaldo, thirty two or thirty three. You know, is he playing in the, on the World Cup uh, in twenty twenty two? Maybe, maybe not. Um, you know, that's that's something to think about because he's the face of their franchise, and if he or the face of their country, and if he's uh, good in any regard, I, I think they'll bring him again. Well, remember, Los Angeles has a god, and now they have a king. Zlatan welcomes right. LeBron James. So, uh, that's right. That's great. So he, he's definitely got a personality about him. Uh, Marcus, I always appreciate the time. Enjoy the match on Sunday, and I'm sure we'll chat soon. Thank you. Take care, man. All right. Thank you, Marcus. Marcus Traxler joining us here at Sports Block Podcast. Appreciate his all the time that he's given us here. Stanley Cup uh, playoff talk, of course, you know, and the, the World Cup. Great stuff from Marcus. There as always, you can find him on Twitter at mdtraxler. Uh, again, find all his stuff. He does a great job with the Mitchell Daily Republic there, uh, sports de- sports department there. Great, uh, great stuff there as always. So World Cup on Sunday, Croatia against France. Uh, the kiss of death is now squarely on France because that's who I've picked to win. 
So we'll see if that pans out. We have not mentioned, but need to mention now, uh, before we leave, again, we'll, we're off next week uh, on vacation, so uh, we'll reconvene here in a couple of weeks. But uh, fantastic story now out of Thailand that all uh, 12 boys of the, the Thai soccer team and their head coach who are trapped in that cave for almost two weeks, over two weeks, uh, they've all been extracted. Everyone, at least to my knowledge, is, is good. They're, they're safe. They're... They're in hospitals. They're getting healthy. So uh, it was a story that gathered worldwide attention. It gripped uh, a, a lot of people. It was it was just a fascinating story, a fascinating rescue. Unfortunately, one Navy SEAL from Thailand died uh, in search. I mean, hell, you got Elon Musk offering to send over submarines and his top engineers to to figure ways to, to, to get water out and get these kids to and their coach to safety. And I know a lot of people criticizing the coach for leading his team into a, a dangerous cave, but you know this stuff happens. I mean, he didn't go into this planning to have 12 boys trapped for you know almost two weeks in a cave, uh, nine days until I think they were discovered or that the rescuers could get to him. So just phenomenal story. So it's great that they are all out and uh, hopefully everyone makes a speedy and quick recovery and uh, good luck to the soccer team. They're going forward. Uh, again, I'm going to pick Hideki Matsuyama for the open championship next week. Enjoy the all-star game in DC. Enjoy the, the home run derby. That should be good as well. Um, so as always, thank you for listening to this week's edition of the sports block podcast. You can find this podcast and all our other podcasts available on itunes just search the sports block follow me on twitter at nd stacken always on facebook nathan stacken we'll have a link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week that we do a podcast i think i forgot to post the last one so we'll get the last two up there for you so you can see that so thank you as always to travis and thank you to marcus for uh, all his help in uh breaking down the world cup it's great stuff there so um have a great week enjoy next week enjoy not hearing me talk maybe maybe you're in that uh, category uh but we'll reconvene here in a couple of weeks see what's going on in the world of sports training camps will be opening up so the football talk will be coming here soon but we still got a few weeks before anything truly meaningful happens. So uh, we'll find stuff to talk about, always stuff to talk about in the world of sports. So for Travis and Marcus, I'm Nathan. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. And we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Enjoy the World Cup championship uh, finale. Enjoy the World Cup finale. France, Croatia. Enjoy the Open Championship next week, the SBs, the MLB All-Star Game, and Home Run Derby. Thanks a lot, everyone, for listening. Talk to you in a couple weeks here on the Sports Block Podcast.